I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Today, Today I have Alex Hitz. He is a chef and has so many accolades. I can't even list them all. And he has a new cookbook coming out called Occasions to Celebrate. And it's focusing more on uh, how to create the perfect meal for Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's Eve, et cetera. And also celebrating all occasions, which is every day. And so a little bit more about Alex is he's an award-winning celebrity chef, culinary speaker, columnist, event designer, tastemaker, and expert host. His first book was called My Beverly Hills Kitchen. And he had a first Rizzoli cookbook, The Art of the Host. And uh, they are both widely popular. And he is also the contributing uh, editor for town and country and writes regularly for C Magazine, Quest, and Southern Living. Uh, Alex Hitz is a former food editor for House Beautiful. It's uh, a post he assumed from Ina Garden. If you're not familiar with Ina Garden, she's a fantastic host and uh, cook and chef on uh, Food Network and everything. She seems like a lovely, lovely woman. She uh, and has great recipes. Uh, And he has appeared on numerous television and radio programs, including The Today Show, and lectured frequently around the country. He splits his time between Atlanta, New York City, Los Angeles, and Palm Beach. And uh, he, again, has this new cookbook coming out called Occasions to Celebrate, uh, Cooking and Entertaining with Style. Now, let me tell you, you guys cannot see my interview with him. It's only you know, vocals, but he shows up with an amazing uh, uh, sweater around his shoulders. He's got his miniature dachshund in the background, which you'll hear barking. And it's also Columbus Day today, the day we were recording. And there's a parade going outside, of course, in New York City. So you will hear a little bit of barking. You will hear my phone go off because that's just the way it goes with chaos and cookies. And I dive in with Alex about, um, I try to ask him, nosy stuff, right? Like what he thinks um, about uh, when he was asked about his own recipes and uh, what uh, kind of critiques he will or will not give. And it's a lovely conversation. And so I hope you enjoy uh, my interview with, with Alex. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. I'm very excited to have him on. We all uh, try to prep for the holidays and we try to, you know, try new things in the kitchen. Recipes are always super popular on social media. I save them all the time. And so I'm excited to have a chef on the, the podcast today. And his name is Chef Alex Hitz. And he has worked with many celebrities and has a new book uh, coming out. And so uh, I will not. Uh, delay anymore. Welcome Chef Alex to the show. Thank you. How are you? Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much. I, I'm so happy you're here to talk 
food. We love, you know, food is just the central thing for all families and, and like love languages. Uh, but before we do, I want to ask you what I asked all of my guests, which is, which fits because you are a chef. Uh, what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Okay. My favorite cookie is um, a butterscotch white chocolate pecan cookie from my second book, which is called The Art of the Host. We're not here to promote that book today, but I'm going to shamelessly promote that book also. Why not? <laughs> um, there's some wonderful cookies in this recipe as well. There's a pecan, uh, pecan maple shortbread cookie and a lemon shortbread cookie in this book that are pretty great too. So, so if you were at a party, what would you go for? Or do you eat cookies? I'm assuming you do. I try to never eat cookies because I'm not as young as I used to be. And the cookies <laughs> stay on me longer than they used to. But I really can't resist most of the time. So, um, you know, if I were to have any of those, I would find it hard to stop. Right. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I usually go for a chocolate chip one myself. Or I feel like those are the easiest to bake in there usually the most universally accepted. The one that I have in my first book is, I think, a really extraordinary chocolate chip. It's completely different. It's got orange zest in it, and it just takes it to that much more of a flavor place. Mm -hmm. um, and for the book that I'm going to do next time, which will be my fourth book, which the publishers already told me they wanted, which is great, I'm going to do a really cakey, wonderful chocolate chip cookie. Mm -hmm. So... All right. We could talk about cookies absolutely all day long. I hope you have enough time here because we could certainly go into that for a long time. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, you know, and holidays are usually like Christmas cookie or um, I, I've got kids and they're young. They're nine, seven and five. So they're always asking for some sort of sweet. Um, so tell tell before we um, jump in. So tell me a little bit more about your history, how you became a chef, your love for food and and what, um, just a little bit of background about you. Well, look, loving food and, and, you know, appreciating food started at a very young age. My parents entertained all the time. My mother was a foodie, you know, she was very influenced by her experiences in France. She was very in, influenced by, um, her friendship with Julia child. Oh, wait, here's, I told you we're going to have a visitor here. Come here, sweetie. <laughs> Come here, little sweetie. Come You've on, got a, a dachshund for those. Here is that my miniature dachshund rig. Say hi, sweetie. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. And she was very, very influenced by her her time in France and her, um, you know, and Julia Child, those books that came out in the early 60s mm -hmm. um, when she was first married. And so, you know, the, that was the food that I grew up on, party food, French food. My mother was also a big Francophile, and we spent lots of time in France, although we grew up in Atlanta, but we spent as much time in France as we did in Atlanta. So I, I like to say that I grew up, you know, in both places, and um, that's how it all started. Well, fun fact, my grandfather was born in France. He was born in Oh, Montmorency. really? Where? Montmorency, right outside of Paris. And um, he, uh, he lives in New York now, but um, they... Uh, immigrated to the uh, U.S. Uh, during World War II. Um, I have Jewish background, and so um, Nazi general took over his home, and so they fled oh, and came here, but um, he took me there when uh, I was 13. For the I've been to Paris twice, but he took us to this childhood home. His cousins are there, and it's um, beautiful, and it's, it's very cool to see 
where he was growing up and, and just the way, and he speaks some French, maybe not as much as he used to, because he's 94, but uh, it's beautiful. Can you believe that that whole story was only yesterday? That's another topic, but that was really only yesterday, that story. Unbelievable. Yes, yes. And I think French, the bakeries and, and just the richness of all their foods. I remember when I was younger too, again, I was 13, so I didn't really know. And I asked for a green salad and they literally brought me a bowl of lettuce. <laughs> like there's nothing on there. And I was like, huh? And they're like, you asked for a green salad. I was like, okay. And then I also ordered some shrimp and it came with the heads, the tails, the eyes. I was like, okay, this is not, and that was my first real experience with food that came out in a very different way. So I have those good memories. Amazing. The ingredients are so amazing and everything tastes like it should taste, you know, that's a big difference. Yes. And they have a love for food. And, um, so is that your favorite type of cooking? I mean, you said you're in Atlanta, so I'm sure you have a, you have a Southern flair. I can hear it in your voice. Definitely not from New York. And then, um, but is it more like French cuisine? Is it more, um, it's well, I was trained in France, but I grew up, you know, in Atlanta. So it's both it's both, but my formal training is in France at the Cordon Bleu in Paris, just like Julia there. Child. Yeah, just like Julia Child. So in the, I've seen the, the movies with the Meryl Streep, and she just seems so they fun. great. Aren't yeah. those great movies? Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about um, your new book coming out and some of your favorite recipes and and uh, what inspired all of of the like the theme of this one. Um, well, this book was about occasions. Okay. And in putting together the occasions for this book, and this is, um, it's, it's a little bit like a social history. I've got so many of my wonderful friends that I've celebrated occasions with for such a long time now. And then I started like dissecting occasions and realizing that there was so much preparation that goes into a special occasion, planning, choosing, working, shopping, cooking, everything, that all of those prep days became their own occasions. So I thought, well, why are we just celebrating the big occasions? Why don't we celebrate every day? I love and that. And that became the message that was so clear as I was, as this book was unfolding, as I was writing this book, it, it was not about waiting for the big occasion. It was about celebrating every day. And that was especially true during the darkest periods of COVID, which were the time that I really dug in to write this book. So anyway, the occasions to celebrate, it's a little bit of a ruse because those are every single day. Right. I love that because I think too, we with with the pandemic and everything, especially you were in New York and I, again, family up there. No, so I was not in New York City. You were not in New York. I escaped New York City during the pandemic. I went to Atlanta, which was only closed for six weeks. Yeah, it was a uh, wild, wild west up there for sure. Um, so I'm glad you got out. It, it's just COVID made everyone really take a step back and shift their mindset and really understand exactly what they want. And I think just a whole social shift happened with just like, even with working from home versus going to offices and just understanding like self-care <laughs> and what they really want, because it, 
you really you had nothing else to think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but the thing about socialization and the way things change is, you know, change and all that is that socialization is an, is a, is a muscle that must be exercised just like any other muscle must be exercised. And so if we don't do it, we get lazy with it. And also, you know, there's an irony that exists now in the age of connectivity. This is another big thing of mine in the age of connectivity, we are more disconnected from each other than we ever have been because everything is filtered through the device that's a phone. I go for dinner and I look at families having dinner together and they're all on the phone or they go to a, a spectacular event and they can't enjoy the event because they have to worry about taking a picture on the phone and posting it on Instagram and all this. And I just think we've got to stop. We've got to this this is a this is an addiction just like anything else is an addiction and we've got to keep it in check it's just too awful the age of connectivity which is really the disconnection and propaganda of the phones it so. is crazy like you go to these these restaurants and it's like are they texting each other like having conversation over the phone cuz you're at dinner and you're trying to have like a date night but you're just on your phone and there's no conversation I've noticed that there's also lack of conversation skills with, with people now. And, and I have little ones. And so I don't want to introduce phones and tablets and all the things. And so, um, but they're a great resource, right? Like I, I flip through and find a recipe, save it, Google it. I have lots of great cookbooks and I mark them up I'm a paper, paper person. Uh, but Connecting is really very important. So the Wall Street Journal calls you the best host. So, well, can I just go back to that a minute? Oh, sure. Yeah, let's circle back. If we're going to clarify, it's actually, and I don't want to say it this way, but I'm going to say it this way. It's actually the very best host in the world is what they call me. The very best host <laughs> in the world. I and And that's a very, that's amazing. And so- how can one be? My mother would have been very surprised too, I'm sure. Really? Really? <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> so are you not one to host and now you've just learned? Oh, like no, no. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Oh, okay. okay. I always did. I always did. So how do you teach someone? So I, I noticed this is also something that uh, comes up around the holidays. Really anything because some won't want to cook because it's too much pressure to host and entertain. Maybe they feel like they can't enjoy themselves. So how would you offer some advice on teaching one to be the very best host in the world? Okay. So it's not so easy to entertain. It's a lot of trouble, a lot of time. It costs a lot. It's not so easy. So if you're going to do it, do it in a way that you will be able to, at some point, enjoy it, which means do absolutely everything ahead of time. Cook everything three days ahead of time. If something's going to screw up, it'll be screwed up three days ahead of time and you'll know about it. And there won't be a stress about it at the end. And never hesitate to enlist people to help you, whether it's a family member, a friend, somebody that you've hired, get help. Don't try to be a martyr. Don't do everything yourself and do it ahead of time so that at some point during that party, you can actually become a guest because that's going to be the only way you really enjoy it is to become a guest. Now, the other thing that I will ensure will make your party more successful than any others is if you never stop smiling, okay? Oh, okay. Anything, anything can go wrong 
things often go wrong, so many things outside of our control. But if you don't stop smiling, if you take it with a grain of salt, even if you have to go out, uh, you know, order out to KFC because your ovens went on the fritz, okay, it's going to work out. Anything can happen and does, but never stop smiling. That's the only thing you can control. So those right. are my tips. Those so are my tips. How often do you host and do you host holidays? You host, I mean, we, we talk about everyday yeah. occasions. Do you host often? I do. I do. Um, and now because I travel so much, I don't cook as much as, as I used to, um, because I have to go travel and promote and, you know, a book doesn't sell itself. So we have to go promote these things. Yeah, I, I just you launched know. a book last a couple of weeks ago. I wrote a chapter, so you have to really congratulations it's a lot of work it is it is and i i i now can see when i interview these you guys and authors and editors it's it's a labor of love and it's not work to promote it and talk about it right it's just you want to help if if that book helps one person then it did its job that's what it's so listen it's so meaningful people come up to me and they say oh my god we had your whatever it was for our Christmas dinner, or we had your, you know, for, for this one's birthday, whatever it is. So, I mean, it's, it feeds my soul to hear that, Aww. you know, that I became a part of their culture and their family. And I mean, come on, there's, it's so gratifying. I'm so grateful to, to hear things like that. Um, Especially with food because food connects us and it's family. Like, again, there's all holidays. There's always a meal planned around it. And so um, you as a, as a, as a cook and a chef and an author of a book, you become a part of people's memories, people's lives. Like they end up maybe becoming um, traditions. And so do you have any family recipes that you have taken with you and probably modified or brought in? That's like yeah. super close to your heart. The, the, the one, the, the book of mine that has the most of my family's recipes in it is the first book called my Beverly Hills kitchen classic Southern cooking with a French twist. That was the one that after eight or nine agents turned me down, um, the, that sold actually in a weird situation, sold, um, for a record price for a first time food book in the history of American publishing, um, to Judith Jones, who discovered Julia Child. Okay. So that's a long way to say after eight or nine agents said, this book is crap and you can't do it and it's terrible and whatever that book became a record-breaking book so um that's the one with most of my family recipes in it of all of my three books now this one has several this one occasions to celebrate has several um things from you know my my immediate family in them now i have to ask yeah I have to ask, and it's going to, I mean, and you might be getting questions that you might not have heard before. So just, you know, let's go. I like, I like to get to like the background nitty gritty because I feel like you have a, you know, we can all Google, right? So I want to know when you go to a party, now I'm not talking about being judgy. I'm saying like, when you go to a party, do you, I'm sure take notice details, especially if you're a chef, you attend, you know, attention to detail, I feel like is everything, especially with baking, at least I know with cooking, you can be a little bit more, um, you know, a pinch here, pinch there, depending on taste, but do you ever, no, you can't, uh, no, no, I can't. can't. Oh, 
Okay, well, see, I, this is why I'm a new, I'm new to cooking a yeah. few years ago because I've. That's, that's the theory. That's the theory. But I'm going to tell you right now, you have to learn the rules before you can break them. You have to finger paint before you're Picasso. That's why I started writing recipes in the first place. That's why my recipes I consider to be formulas, not inspirations. Love that. Um, so anyway, everybody thinks, so just throw a little here and a little there in it. And I can guarantee you, if you do that, it's going to be bad. So, <laughs> right. Well, I guess for me, it's like, so if you're cooking a chili and it's like, that looks like a lot of chili powder and I cannot do spicy. So then you half it, but maybe not. You're like, don't touch it. Just don't touch I don't it. know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think before you do anything, you, whoever wrote the recipe, if it's somebody you trust, you do the recipe the way they do it. And then True. you have to go back and cut. So what but, an interesting theory that is. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Well, I can see that. Um, one of my favorite cookbooks is um, by Cassie Joy Garcia. She does cook once, eat all week. So she helps you prep for busy. Um, like she'll, she'll tell you like three ingredients and you can break it down and it tells you how to prep all the stuff and cook it in different ways. And then it's ready to go for, then you can just cook it in 20, 20 minutes to be done. Um, right. I'm a single mom of three kids. So I learned how to cook a few years ago. I was more a baker because I liked the very precise measurements and it's an art. I couldn't give them frozen like meals anymore. Cause it was like, come yeah. on, they're like, you gotta raise these kids. It's just by myself. I don't cook. So I learned. Um, and I want to know when you go to parties, a, are you looking at the whole thing? Do people ever ask you for tips and you're just like, well, let's just wait and see. And do you, what do you think when you get a dish that either they tried to make of yours or just at a party where you taste something and you're just like, that was awful. That was amazing. Like, how, how is that? Cause you, you All right, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got it. This is a lot of questions here. Yeah, Let's go sorry. Back. It's like a lot, a lot of, okay. All right. Yeah. The first question is, do you look at a party in its entirety? Yeah. Um, the answer is yes. Always. It's impossible to turn this off as mm -hmm. much as we wish we could. Sometimes it's a possible, it's impossible to turn it off. So you know, what I always look for is an element of thoughtfulness that's gone into someone's entertaining. And that's what always separates something that's a good party from a great party. You know, if okay. someone was really thoughtful about the guest of honor's favorite color flowers or the guest of honor's favorite wine or whatever the occasion was, then it always becomes a very personal, much more thoughtful experience. Um, if it's just about showing off and how much money you can spend, I'm really not very interested ever um, because that's a way to ruin a party and have it be completely soul draining and impersonal. So it makes it about the host and not about the person that. Yeah. And well, and it's always, listen, it's always about the host too, but it's just, I, I have a, I have an allergic reaction to parties like that. And unfortunately there are lots of them. Um, have you attended a party that what have you ever been pleasantly surprised or something that stuck out in your head just right off the cuff on that really surprised you and you really enjoyed it? Yes, but it's always to do with some sort of measure of personal thoughtfulness. It always has to do with that, um, you know, because those are the things that money can't buy. Right. And um, so that that's what I'm always I'm drawn to. Okay. Uh, 
Okay. What well, now? Now, okay, question. So that was question, question two in there. What was that? No, okay. So when you, if if anyone finds out that you're attending, or if your close friends, do they ever try your recipes out in their entertaining? Have you ever encountered? I, absolutely, that? and it's very it's very sweet when they do that, and I'm very flattered for for them to do that. That's very very sweet. But I'm happy to have their recipes too. Don't think I can only eat mine. I've spent a lifetime of eating other people's recipes too. So, well, so sorry. We, my, well, yeah. that's my, that's Riggs. That's the Columbus Day Parade. He's barking. Sorry. No, you're <laughs> fine. It's chaos and cookies. I typically have kids and dogs running around too. So, okay. there's my phone that is also going off and it's okay. emergency bypass. <laughs> so, hey, it works. Um, well, if they were to make your stuff, do they ever ask you for your opinion? You seem like a pretty straight shooter. So, do you tell them or do you like say it was amazing? It was great. Or do they like, how does that go? Look, it that they wanted to do it, it's amazing. If it doesn't turn out perfectly, it they maybe didn't follow the recipe. Who cares? Who cares? It's that they oh, wanted I know. To do it. Oh, no? yeah, of course. But I'm wondering it's very, if- very, very, it's very, very sweet. But mm-hmm. if they follow my recipes with the way that I write them, they're gonna work every time. You know, you I establish standards for the butter, the salt, the blah, 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 this this brand of everything. And if they make a substitution, it's not gonna be the same. It may be better. It may be worse. It just won't be the same. So, you know, but I don't care because they, they were sweet enough to think about it and they can do whatever they want. So that's great. Very sure. I, do you ever offer suggestions to make it better or you have it and you're like, oh, that was different. That was really good. Well, what did you do? Different? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Unless people ask advice and even if they ask advice, they don't always really want advice. Right. <laughs> so you have to sort of really pull that back a bit. Sure. Of course. You know? That was just me being nosy and just seeing if there's ever a time where like it was awful or but it was fantastic. I should have sold that like idea. <laughs> people want reassurance. They don't necessarily want advice. So. Oh, yes. Um, yes. I like that. So what is your favorite occasion to host yourself? Birthday parties. Okay. For any age? Well, I mean, I don't know, two years old. I don't know. I'm out of my league with two years old. But, um, you know, I those are the days that I think are the most treasured days, the birthdays. Yes. So, and do you, what's your favorite birthday cake? Do you have a, well, again, we talked about sweets and you're like, I stay away there, from them, but. Yeah, I mean, the, the minute I start, I can't stop, you know, but there's a fantastic birthday cake in this book, which I call best ever vanilla birthday cake, which anybody can do. It's got confetti in the cake and it's just super pretty and festive and cute and amazing. Is it one of those that you cut open and it falls out? No. No, you're like, I don't do that no. stuff doesn't fall out. It doesn't fall out. Well, no. um, so, okay. Well, Hey, everything. So are your recipes super user-friendly yes. or are they something you said you're very specific and with the brands. So are they things I'm very specific? Get? They're user-friendly. I've tested them a hundred million trillion zillion times and, um, everything is, you know, you must follow the steps if they're multiple steps, but everything is very doable. So, and what does your process look like when you're trying to uh, 
determine what's going to go into the book. How much, like, how do you test it? I'm sure you tweak it. And, and how do you, what's your process there? You test it a hundred times. And if you get it to a point that you can't stop eating it, it goes in the book. And if you don't, it doesn't go in the book. That's, that's how it works. Right. When you can't stop, that's when it goes in the book. Is it hard for you to scale back where you're like, I have too many recipes and I really like, how do you choose what to cut? I have a list of several thousand recipes that things that I have, that I want to develop or have developed. Um, and so I want to do many more books, many more okay. books. Cause they're like children. I think like when you have them and you're like, I don't know, I can't choose. <laughs> well, what I always say, everybody says, what's your favorite recipe? And I said, by the time I spend as much time as I spend with my recipes, I really have to love them all. Otherwise I'll just toss them away, you know, and start with something else. So that's, that's the way I do it. Sure. And so I guess I will ask one more question and we'll circle back to the hosting. And that's what is the biggest mistake many of us make when cooking and hosting a gathering other than the smiling? Trying to do everything at the last minute. Okay. That, that'll screw it up hundred percent. So do you suggest, and maybe in your books, do you have any type of guide to help? Like if you're going to host or is it just plain recipes or. The, yeah, this is recipes. The, the, the book before this, the art of the host is the one that goes in depth, um, you know, into how to do that stuff. Um, what's too much, what's too, too little, you know, I think it's, it's, a, it's an art. The, the one, the one before this, the one that came out three years ago is the perfect menus for every occasion, you know? So that's, and, that's where we are. Right. And do you, do you personally, when you host something, do you have a team that helps you? I guess it obviously depends on the size, but, um, and does your dog help? He's a good little help. He's a good, he's a good host. Um, he is, he, he sees my sandwich over there and he's going nuts. Yeah. Do you ever feed him any table scraps? Of course he's not supposed to, but of course he gets here and there, you know, you have to ask, do you ever make, do you ever make any type of dog friendly things? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You haven't dabbled in the dog treat. Nope. That, let me put that on the list of, of recipes to, to develop. <laughs> hey, why not? It could be, you know, fun foods for both for those dog yeah. loving, dog loving uh, cooks. Well, um, so tell us where we can find your book and. Um, Occasions what, to celebrate yeah. amazon.com. I'm alexhits.com. Okay. Um, Instagram at alexhits. And I'm, I'm on TikTok and Twitter too, but I, I don't know what those are. So <laughs> you're on it, but you don't really, somebody else does it for me because I, oh, okay. Yeah. Do you, do you like social media? Do you ever do any of it on your own? I do some of it on my own, but I, it's not my favorite way to spend my time. I have to say. Right. Cause you'd like to connect. And, um, are you a phone person? Are you a text? I love person? the phone. I love the phone. Yeah. It's great. Awesome. I mean, I have to ask, it's like an old soul. Well, it's, yeah, I, I'm pretty old now. <laughs> I mean, I think you're only as old as you feel. I think everything, no. you know, it tends to go back. It's funny. I'm, 90, I'm 98. Don't I look great? You're 98. Wow. Fantastic. <laughs> so we need to be eating all the things yeah. that you're cooking because clearly. 
Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking your time uh, to be here and talk about your books and um, hopefully, uh, I mean, I uh, hope you had fun. Um, and so great. my listeners, huh? It was great. Thank you. Oh, yes, of course. And uh, for the listeners out there, go grab a copy uh, of his book. And I mean, I kind of I'm interested in some of the other ones that you were doing as well, especially going into the holiday season. I have like my son's birthdays coming up and I always do. I do the fun theme things. A lot of people like to see what I do. Um, I mean, I'll theme it up. I make like Pokemon balls that have like M&Ms inside and it takes a lot of prep. And it's like one of those things where you prep, 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 and then the dinner's over in like five minutes. Um, But and we got Thanksgiving and all the holidays are coming up as well. And so definitely um, grab a copy. It's great holiday gifts as well. I mean, I think you can never go wrong with a cookbook. Thank you. I want to just say thank you so, so much for having me. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. uh, We'll uh, talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Please be sure to go and check out Alex Hitz's new cookbook, Occasions to Celebrate, Cooking and Entertaining with Style. He also mentioned his other books, and so feel free to go check those out. All the links will be in the show notes, and uh, hopefully this will get you excited about possibly starting something new or trying a new uh, food or uh, trying a new recipe uh, for uh, your holidays that are coming up. And uh, if you need some help preparing and a good timeline, you can go and check out a a former episode that I did about Thanksgiving called Spatchcocking. And it gives you uh, a really great two week prep plan if you are hosting Thanksgiving. And hopefully you uh, will go check out Alex's book for um, some, some new recipes and uh, enjoy uh, the rest of your day. And thank you for joining me for another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. And I will catch you next time uh, right here. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.